And welcome back, everyone, to the 11th episode of The 7%. My name is Jed. And this is Angela. This will be the third episode of season two, second part of the dating series. We're going to have three parts, I've decided. <laughs> and um, today we have the lovely Jordan, and we have the majestic Ryan. <laughs> and um, the first thing we want to do is to introduce you guys. So just say um, your name again, what year you are, what you study, and then a fun fact. I'm Jordan. I'm a senior. I am an English major. And my fun fact is I'm a crazy cat lady. Ooh. I love cats. So do you how many cats do you have? <laughs> I only have one, but I have an Instagram for her. Oh, so okay, I'm serious okay. about okay, it. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Got <laughs> qualified. I'm Ryan. I'm also a senior. I am from Los Angeles, studying economics and business and minoring in journalism. And my fun fact was I once took a drone photo of the California coastline and it ended up being Mercedes-Benz homepage on their website. Oh. Wow. Wow. Our man's going places. <laughs> and it's flexing. <laughs> okay. As a, no, this is the perfect time to flex. Perfect time yeah. to flex. Um, so let's recap really quickly what we talked about last week with Sam and Lindsay. And so we were just kind of going off like a lot of like the theory behind kind of why we date, what is the purpose of dating, in what ways might we consider breaking up with someone? Um, how do we know when to move past the dating relationship into marriage, etc.? And we're kind of just going to explore different questions I want this time. Um, and we'll see where our conversation goes. And this is super low-key, chill, so don't worry about saying the wrong thing. And if you have any like spontaneous questions, just ask them. All right, so the first question that I do want to keep the same, though, is what is dating to you guys? How would you guys define dating? Anyone start? Um, gosh, I think dating is, for the most part, growing in friendship with someone. Um, and I think the the difference between French, well, I guess we could talk more about that. But the difference between friendship and dating is that just the trajectory of your relationship and the both of you knowing that and being aware of that. Um, but yeah, I, I think you're just getting to know one another. Okay, so on a deeper level, the the definition of trajectory. What is the trajectory difference there? Um, well, I think especially as Christians, we date with the purpose of marriage or with mm -hmm. the thought of marriage in mind, even if we aren't sure if that's the person we're going to be married to. So I think we're getting to know someone with that in the back of our minds at all times and thinking, is this someone that I could see being my life partner? as well as my best friend. Great answer. Ryan? Well said, Jordan. <laughs> I yeah. very much agree. And I have a very similar view on um, dating, this idea. It's, it's the process of becoming best friends with a person with the ultimate intent of deciding whether or not this is the person you want to end up marrying. And you go through dating, you become their best friend, and you decide whether or not you want to marry them. Great answer. I think the second question is like really related to both of y'all's story, actually. And so you guys can share however much you want. But the question is, how do the friendships change from when you're single to not single? Is there a period of time when, I guess, the people you're dating were just friends and then we transitioned into like that dating relationship? Yeah, I think with my boyfriend, I we were friends first. Um, but... I think you just start to see potential in someone. Like for me, I loved so many qualities about him and mm -hmm. I felt that they complimented me. And so 
I don't know. I think feelings just start to develop in that way. Um, but not a crazy amount has changed. I think dating is kind of this weird, you're in limbo, you know, you're like, you're friends, but you're more than friends, but you're not married. So right, right. there's a lot that you can't enjoy. And so it's kind of like, where do we stand? But yeah, I think we've become best friends in the meantime. Great. Yeah, I have a very similar story with my girlfriend, Marin. We were also just great friends for about a year and part of the same friend group and just started to find out that we really enjoyed spending time with each other. And you feel this on one end and then you're like, does this other person also feel right. that they enjoy spending time with you? And then once you reach this kind of like mutual come to understanding that both of you really enjoy spending time with each other, um, it's just kind of like this natural transition into maybe we should start dating. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. And I thought that was a really cool point part of, of dating. As we've been kind of saying, it's this like ultimate like best friend that you get to kind of like move through your college life with or whatever stage of life you're in. And yeah, for us, it was, as with Jordan, it was just very natural. Mm -hmm. We were friends and then we just kind of started spending a lot of more time together and became kind of best friends. And that's where we stand today. Who uh, who initiated the conversation for for the DTR? <laughs> I was the ultimate DTR, but we had a lot of <laughs> leading up conversations. Oh, interesting. Okay. Huh. And we at first it was just spending time together, and then it it was an, a mutual understanding that we were spending a lot of time together mm -hmm. and having conversations about that. And then ultimately we reached a point where we said we're gonna we're at a fork in the road. Do we want to just continue on the friend route or? move into something more serious in the dating round. Yeah, Chase definitely initiated for us. He was very straightforward about liking me. Um, and I wasn't sure at first, not because I didn't like him, but because I took it very seriously. Mm -hmm. So I really needed to know for sure where my, where my heart was lying. And yeah, eventually we came to a mutual agreement. That's good. Okay, so then I want to talk about timing-wise. And so both of you, um, well, actually, Jordan, I want you to speak on more of like on from Chase's perspective, Chase's perspective, maybe that how early on did he tell you that he liked you within the friendship? And you can talk more about how you first met and stuff. Um, I think the fact that he invited, he, he invited me to get coffee with mm -hmm. him from the get-go and it was very obvious that he was trying to get to know me mm -hmm. individually, which usually when you're friends with a guy, it's in a group setting right. more. And so we kept getting coffee, kept getting coffee. And I was like, where is this going? This is strange. Like we're <laughs> friends, but he keeps inviting me to do things on our own. And eventually, I think it was about a month or month and a half, two months in of us hanging out on our mm -hmm. own. He was like, I like you. Like, I think I have feelings for you. How do you feel? Mm. Do you wish he would have said that earlier? Um, no, not necessarily, because I don't know if he was feeling that mm -hmm. at mm -hmm. first, and I think that's why he was inviting me to get coffee, was to see if that's how he would feel, and to get to know me, which I respected. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. So when, for, I guess, for general, for guys, what, uh, the question we have written down here is, when should the guy make the move? Mm. But... I also wanted to find what we mean by a move because mm -hmm. we've been talking a lot about this idea of being friends first, which I think is extraordinarily important. Mm -hmm. um, 
but then is a move just like asking them on a friend date or talking about like the what are we kind of thing or how do how do we view that yeah i can take this so i think similar to what jordan and chase went through is there's this period of you're going on these dates and and maybe you're not dating yet this is kind of like the the fuzzy period of mm-hmm. going on dates versus dating what that really looks like um it's almost like you're dating to date as you yeah. date to yeah. marry <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, like yeah. the period before dating mm-hmm. and i think everyone has to go through that kind of mm-hmm. stage because once you do dive into you put a label on it or whatever that means from a facebook perspective or a mutual perspective and um so having that time beforehand where you really get to get to know each other and kind of feel whether or not you do have feelings and whether or not you want to start dating this person because although dating isn't marriage there is a a level of like increased friendship increased commitment and um once you do get into that it there will be some emotions tied to that and um if you do end up getting out of that a lot of emotions are with that as well so i do think there needs to be a, a kind of a buffer period before you start dating um and for, for both sides of the relationship to really understand whether or not they want to dive into this together. Mm. So I don't, yeah. so to answer your question, I don't think there's a specific time period, but I don't also don't think you should go on a first day and then say, do you want to start dating? Right. Yeah. right. I yeah. agree. But I also think there is just a natural point in time where your conversations start to change mm-hmm. from being like casual to we have to figure out what we are if even if we are just friends um and i kind i think that that's sort of what initiates a relationship Mm. yeah and going off that i think jordan brought up a great point is that that at that natural point a lot of guys and girls can run into this problem of like feeling like you're leading the other person on um so Mm -hmm. i think being intentional when you start spending time one-on-one is important because both sides of the relationship can have these assumptions about what that one-on-one time is meant right, to be. Right. Definitely. So definitely being at, being intentional with why you're doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And if you're not sure how you feel, I do think that you should be careful how much time you're spending with someone mm-hmm. until mm-hmm. you have a better grasp on what you want out of the relationship. Because yeah. um, you could really hurt someone that way. Yeah. Um, I think that's what that buffer period is for, actually. And I think, like, it's funny you guys mentioned, like, the naturalness of it as the relationship kind of unfolds. What if it's only, and Jordan, you you kind of ended on that note, what if it's only natural for one person, right? So then is it still appropriate for either the guy or the girl to be upfront and clear about their feelings to the other person who may not feel the same way? Which, if they did, would, would obviously be a natural transition point, but what if it's not? Which is often the case, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. And I think a lot of people run into this situation where it seems one-sided at first and you can kind of take two routes. You can just go back to just being friends and Mm -hmm. kind of coming back into the group settings and things like that. Or you can make the decision that we still want to feel this out and continue going on the coffee dates and things like that for the person who is more uneasy and uncertain whether or not they want to dive into it. Um, So... I think it's okay if you hit that kind of like brick in the road. I don't think it's the necessary end of the potential Mm -hmm. dating relationship. I think it's just having the conversations is really important Mm -hmm. to let your, the other person know about your feelings. And then 
if the other person doesn't feel the same way, you can um, make the choice to continue doing these kind of coffee dates. Great. Jordan, you want to to say something? Well, just to quickly add, I think I was definitely that person who was hesitant. So from my perspective, um, I thought it was really nice how even though Chase told me how he felt, I never felt pressured to Mm -hmm. know how I felt right away or to take things a step further. And I think um, it's really important to be gentle with people and give them time. Everyone processes things differently, especially there's a lot of differences between men and women and how we process emotion. And to be aware that, you know, someone like you, me as a woman, I might take a longer amount of time to process my emotions and vice versa. And yeah, just to be aware of the differences there is really important. Right. How would you say in your journey thus far that so you just kind of like, mm, I don't know if this is the best way of describing it, but mentally will yourself to be like, okay, I'll still be in that testing phase for a bit. So I'll still go on coffee dates or whatever mm-hmm. while still trying to process what my emotions are. And then once I feel like I'm at a ready point and that's kind of where you guys moved on from there. Is that? Yeah. Well, I knew I liked him. It wasn't okay. that. It was just, I wanted to make sure that I liked him enough that I wanted to take the step of dating oh, him. Oh, okay. Because for me, dating it is a little more serious Yes. than sometimes our society likes to make it, mm-hmm. um, especially when you're a Christian. And there is that trajectory that I talked about and that futuristic aspect of it. And if you don't know for sure, if you see that with someone, you don't want to hurt them. Mm-hmm. Um because they may see it more than you, and then yep. it just could always end badly. So would you say time is your friend? Time is yeah, everyone's for friend, some people. Of. For some people, yeah. When would time hurt us? Mm. Can it? When would it hurt us? Yeah. Is there, any, is there any point or any situation where you can think of where taking it slow and having a long period of time would actually mm. hurt you rather than benefit you? Because we were talking about the benefits of having that time to kind of um, reprocess and kind of like reground yourself and like what you truly think right. and like going through that reflection period. Um, but yeah, can that, yeah. Well, once you jump into the relationship and once you've decided this is a thing, we're dating, I like this person, I see something with this person, slowing it down in that sense becomes more difficult, right? Because mm-hmm. Emotions from that point on just just grow every week and yep. month, and it's crazy. Um, so I think the longer you date as a Christian, the harder it gets. So you just need to keep that in mind. I'm going on over two years with this person, and mm-hmm. we're at a plateau right now, like where we know we love each other mm-hmm. and we know what we want, but we, timing-wise in life, can't take that next step and it's difficult so I think it depends on where you are in your relationship because things speed up much quicker than you think they will and you're gonna have to try and slow them down depending on where you are in life mm. Ryan do you have anything to say that yeah on a, another er, point regarding when time can hurt I think early on in the relationship time can hurt if um, either side lacks the, the intentional intentionality and the mm. Um, communication because Mm -hmm. if you're taking it slow and not communicating why you're taking it slow Mm -hmm. um, there might be some questions or doubts on the other side of the relationship so I think early on it's it can be okay to take it slow but be sure to communicate with the other 
individual why you're doing so because that person can feel hurt because they feel like they're devoting time and energy to this and they're they don't know what you think or why yeah. mm-hmm. it's they feel like it's not being reciprocated and exactly kind of the same limbo is like we're just back to square one like yeah. i don't know what's going mm-hmm. on anymore <laughs> yeah um and that's actually a good transition to the next point which jordan also brought up um this idea of like is there such thing as a timing on marriage so is there a thing like how long we should date before it's maybe not acceptable but how do you even know that you're ready to marry that person and to go literally all in yeah i think that's the the hot topic in mm-hmm. the marriage christian community and i've had a pastor growing up that dated uh, um, his now wife for a two or three months and then was married within yeah. a year but i've also had know people that have dated for four or five years and then have gotten married um mm-hmm. so i don't think there's a formula um but something that i was um taught by a mentor of mine was this idea on, on marriage was there's four kind of not check boxes but things you need to, to work through with your mm-hmm. significant other and that first is are, do you love and are you attracted to the other person um i think that's kind of obvious we know that one Second, are you compatible problem solvers? Um, oh, and by compatible, doesn't mean you have to be um, or solve problems in the same way, but are you, com- you compatible in doing so? Can you work together? Um, because in marriage, you'll come across a variety of different problems that you have to solve together. Can you do that? Mm-hmm. Um, third, do you share the same views on marriage biblically? Um, so do you understand why you're getting married and what that looks like from a biblical standpoint okay and then last is this timing issue this win um and this really depends on the relationship depends on what stage of life you're in with college i have friends who are going to med school or dental school and the other person's going to work and um locationally it might not work out right away um so i really do think that's on an individual basis i don't think there's a right and wrong answer um but if you really are looking to, to marry this person, a lot of times it you can kind of make your, your situations collide or, or work together so you can plan your lives in that together. Yeah, so what I'm hearing is if you feel like you've talked you've hit those points and like you've thought about it, it's okay to get married early. Like if you haven't even if you haven't dated for like quote unquote a long time or whatever, or like a reasonable amount of time because you've at that point and every relationship is different in that way i think a lot of this too um is we sometimes don't think that someone's ready to get married um from an outside perspective Mm. and i think a lot of it is the extent to which you're ready to get married is the extent to which your relationship with god or where your relationship with god is so if for example i agree with everything you said but i also think like we have a lot of expectations in relationships. And so before you marry someone, I think you need to be in a place where you know that God meets your expectations, not this person. So mm-hmm. like God is our safety. God is our rock. God gives us love. God pretty much makes up for everything that this person might lack. And yeah. I don't think you should marry someone until you're in that place in your relationship with God hmm. where you can truly say that. I think it's a great point. Um, and one kind of piece of advice I had on that same idea was that if God decided to take this person out of your life, would that affect your relationship with the Lord? Because um, mm-hmm. ultimately you should be grounded in your relationship with the Lord and what that looks like. 
And although this person is like a phenomenal life partner and wants to come alongside you and helping you kind of nourish that relationship, um, what comes first is that relationship with the Lord and then yeah. um, kind of relationship with those around you. And Yeah, because marriage ultimately is to glorify God. Mm-hmm. So that was, a, that was a perfect response. Yes. Um, I guess, well, in, in terms of like how long to date, before getting married, I think that that ties into like the boundaries that we're that we're gonna talk about too, right? Um, like the physical, emotional, and spiritual boundaries that we can sometimes that maybe that we should have when we're dating and before even getting married or before even dating, right? There's some things that perhaps we shouldn't do when we're just friends. Um, and like um, Andrew White was talking about a few weeks ago. Um, like we have to be careful about how how much we share um, and like how much we, I guess spiritually, how much we share with the other person because there's a, um, the difference between um, those relationships and whether you're like, you're getting, getting in too deep might like, you know, there, there's like some things that should be saved for marriage and for dating, right? Um, and you don't have to be sharing all of that before then. So, like, I think that that can also be a reason to, like, not prolong that dating relationship. Get married earlier, you know, if, if that's something that you want to um, explore with that person. And, you know, there's a, there are those boundaries, but you don't want to um, um, break the boundaries because you're not married yet. I don't know if that makes sense, but... What's the question? There is no question. Oh, <laughs> Yes. I agree. <laughs> there are these boundaries. Um, but in a question form, what do those boundaries actually look like? Um, mm-hmm. Especially from UT's perspective. I would love to like pick any of the categories. So we have like physical, emotional, spiritual. I think the um, Christian community as a whole is very stringent on the physical boundaries part. Yes. But also have we ever like thought about or experienced the emotional and spiritual sides of boundaries in that too. Yeah. um, I think this is an important topic um, to, to speak about in the Christian community within the dating realm, because one, there's not really a biblical like view on dating because it really didn't exist back Mm -hmm. in the day. So we um, have to kind of tread lightly when we are dating because um, we aren't married, um, but we're, we're, kind of working in that direction and I think a a big problem in our society is that we provide like the marriage constructs in the dating relationship Mm. um, and we build up this dating relationship so much that it almost looks like a marriage um, (laughs) without a a ring or a formal contract and what that causes in the end is um, if you don't end up getting married and is there if there is a breakup it turns into almost like a divorce and it's Mm. Um, um, lots of emotions are involved and um, both people are severely hurt because they went too deep um, mm. across many of those boundaries, whether it be emotionally, spiritually, physically. Um, and one kind of piece of advice I've had and um, yeah. would like to give is this idea that um, when you do end up in a relationship with another person in a dating relationship, it's really important to maintain outside friendships with mm-hmm. people of your same gender um, because when you lose those relationships, you you turn to your um, girlfriend or boyfriend right. mm-hmm. as that person that you want to kind of pour into and share everything about. 
um, but you aren't married yet. So there's a place to share. And um, I think when you're not dating yet, you should be kind of pouring out your emotions and feelings to those people of the same gender and working through those things and then not bringing that into the, the constructs or confines of dating. And create spaces where your friends are invited into your relationship and where they can sort of hold y'all accountable. Mm -hmm. And also when there's people around, it's, it's much, it feels much easier to not cross those boundaries. Um, Mm. And family too. Spend a lot of time with each other's families. Um, We sometimes like don't think about our parents' opinions and thoughts about things. And it depends on what your relationship with your parents is, of course. Um, but yeah, if you guys have a good relationship, include them, make them feel included. It can make you feel a lot better about your relationship as well. But I also think just to add on to Ryan's point, um, I think a good way to look at boundaries is thinking of it from the perspective of I'm protecting this person's heart. So if this doesn't work out, I want their heart to be okay in the end. And hopefully they would feel that way about you too. And I really love the point about um, kind of bringing other people into your relationship. And I think it's really easy to kind of isolate yourselves from your friends once you get into a relationship. Yep. Um, and that kind of stems from the fact that you're, you really like this person. You want to spend a ton of time with them. And when you're, when it's one-on-one, it's a lot easier to do so. Um, but I do think it's really important to kind of continue to live in community in within the dating relationship and not mm-hmm. to isolate yourself yeah. um, because throughout your time up to that relationship, you have built such great friendships with other people. And one, those people don't want to lose your friendships. Yeah. And two, as Jordan was pointing out, they can be the ones that can hold you accountable and things like that. Um, and as Christians, we're called to, to live in community and we're not called to be isolated. And I think dating can be a temptation to kind of move towards isolation with this person, um, but to really fight against that and to continue to, to live in community. That's an interesting point because even in marriage, yeah. you can still be isolated. Mm-hmm. And so I think mm-hmm. a lot of uh, Christians also find themselves in the trap of, oh, so I'm married now. I have that covenant we're in yeah. and then isolate themselves again, which is mm-hmm. like still not yeah. good because you the friendships and the community we build are, are for a lifetime as well. Yeah. Right? It's not just because you're now married and have, um, obviously, this one person that you're really devoted to you can pour your entire life into. It doesn't mean you just kind of cut off and scrape off everything else that you've built up over time. Yeah. Um, I think also to that point of community, it's, it's really good for us. Um, in the cases, I'm not saying this is the case for you guys, but, you know, some relationships might... Um, might have some red flags and you might not mm-hmm. be able to see that mm-hmm. um, during the dating phase um, because you might be, you know, blinded by your feelings or, you know, your affection for this other person. So having those friendships there um, are really key for, you know, helping you out when, when things get um, rough or like when you don't notice something's happening. Um, so it's, it's really important to have like um, good friends, good relationships, wiser um older people that are there for you to instruct you and guide you along the relationship. Yeah, and just to add on to that, I think creating, um, cultivating relationships with one another in community where people can feel safe to talk about what they're struggling with in their relationships. Mm. It's really scary to come to someone and be like, I'm really struggling with physical boundaries. We're making mistakes. I don't know where to go from here. 
because you don't want someone to tell you break up with them or how <laughs> dare you be struggling like yeah, you're afraid yeah, yeah. because there's a lot of a lot of talk in the church when it comes mm -hmm. to physical boundaries a lot of discourse mm -hmm. that's kind of negative in a lot of ways it and is. unrealistic we're people you know we make mistakes um so I think opening up that conversation, and I think this is a great thing for people who aren't in relationships to be able to do, to pour into their friendships with people who are in relationships and ask those hard questions in a loving way, of course. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. Yeah, I think Jordan brings up a great point on this idea of fear um, and fearful of going to talk to other people. But I think fear is kind of like something that can control a dating relationship from start to finish okay. and so from the start i think a lot of times fear controls both parties from diving into a relationship because i know in the christian mm -hmm. community guys feel the fear of rejection and they don't want to feel feel that fear or they or they yep. feel the um, fear of losing a friendship mm -hmm. that maybe it is mm -hmm. just a friendship and if you um kind of confess your feelings you would lose that friendship mm -hmm. which is a valid fear and then as you move into the relationship there's this fear of sharing what's going on with the relationship with people outside the relationship and um, because of that you you move into kind of this isolation and mm -hmm. so i think throughout this idea of how to conquer this fear is to be open with both each other and with others about the relationship and try to welcome one just communication in the relationship and other people into the relationship because when you start talking about what you're feeling and what's going on um mm -hmm. the relationship a lot of times will end up going a lot more smoothly people won't get hurt in the end um, and if you do end up going into marriage, it, it, it'll be a lot smoother transition into marriage. What does that uh, mean for the friends that are friends of the people in the relationships? Like, what are the, some of the, what are some practical things that we can do to hold each other accountable, you think? Um, I, for one, think um, uh, as a single person that it is important to still be intentional with all your friendships, your friendships with single people and your friendships with people who are in relationships. But the things that you um, invest yourself in them are different. Like you care about them in different ways because you recognize that they're in different stages of their lives, I guess. Um, and so I think it's important to be cognizant of the fact that everyone is just in a different spot. But that doesn't diminish your role as a friend who can like pour your like your kindness and your love towards them and your care towards them and anything that you might be seeing from a third party perspective that they might not and that, that goes beyond relationships too i think in, in in any area of life if you see um a brother or sister in some kind of a hardship or struggling with something it's totally appropriate for you to be there for them and to help them through that so let's do a fun question well not really a fun question but should girls ask guys out oh my <laughs> That's the question. That's it the is the question. question. Ryan? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. How I view this question always, I think there's the should and then there's the can. Mm -hmm. um, uh, let's talk about it. Okay. I think we live in a world where I I think the, the guy should ask the girl, mm -hmm. but I don't think it's wrong or anything's weird about a relationship if the girl asks. I think the girl can ask. I, I don't think we should be stopping the women from saying what they feel and where they want to, this relationship to move because I think communication ultimately is two-sided yeah. mm -hmm. um, and the, the end point where you're physically asking the person do you want to be in a relationship with me you should have had a multitude of conversations leading right. up to that so right. although it is like the, the pinnacle 
it really is just one question in a series of questions that you should both be having. Um, so that's my view. Well said. Yeah, I think what's more important than that question is are both parties being reciprocal in communicating their feelings? But I also think there is a lot of value in a man expressing his feelings in a straightforward way. Because mm-hmm. um, I think girls are great at telling their feelings. Not all girls, but a lot of girls um, are really good about telling how they feel. Um, but I think sometimes society, for lots of reasons, guys feel like maybe a little more apprehensive because of rejection, like you talked about. But also, you know, I, I mean, I don't know all the reasons. I'm not a guy. But <laughs> I think... I think girls really respect when guys make the first move. Mm. But I don't think there's anything wrong with a girl making the first move. And I want to be clear again, just like what we mean by making the first move or asking someone out. Because um, to me, when I, and I was talking about this with um, Mason, which is the person I disciple and crew, and we were kind of talking about how it makes sense for a girl to obviously tell a guy that she likes him but then from that point on how does the guy respond to that we think is more important than saying like the girl initiating and starting everything from start to finish Mm. that's kind of what we were talking about is that a question no that's hard but that's something we can discuss if you disagree with it i don't want to speak for jordan but i remember you saying that you were in a position where you did like Chase, mm-hmm. but you mm-hmm. weren't completely ready to move into dating yet. Yeah. So I think that's where the kind of the communication comes into play. Mm. Right. And I think it's it needs to just be this kind of back and forth leading yeah. up to. But it was really nice after having cultivated this relationship with this person that he took that initiative to ask me to be his girlfriend officially. And I thought that was really sweet. He asked me out to dinner and... Mm-hmm. It showed that he had really made the effort to think about how he wanted to express his feelings rather than just say, hey, like, want a date? Because I don't know, like, yeah, it feels it. You really know where a person stands when they're making that kind of intention, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I also want to revisit just the same story. So you were still um, clear about kind of where your position was, even in that time when you're still trying to process, I'm yeah. sure, right? Like, you let him know, like, yeah. hey, I'm thinking about it. And, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I actually told him I do see myself dating you. I just want to make sure I want to have conversations with my friends. Mm-hmm. I want to talk to my mom. I wanted to talk to my discipler and see what she thought of him as a person. And mm-hmm. I, I wanted to make sure that everybody in my life was on board, which for me is important personally, because these are the people that are going to be spending time with us and... Mm that I'm going to confide in for the rest of our relationship. Why would that not be important for other people? You said it's important <laughs> for you personally. I feel like that's something, that's a very reasonable guideline, healthy guideline for any of us. Mm. I think when we're pursuing that, and just, just tying back to what we are talking about with community and stuff, those people are like ride and die even right. if the relationship doesn't yeah. work out. And you mentioned family, that's a huge thing. Too. Or at least a couple, like for me, Jenna and Andrew, are a couple that are married that have been through all of it that I go to and talk to because mm. Jeanette disciples me. And I think to have a couple that are at least married and have been through the dating process, been through the hard stuff, and they're on the other end, that perspective is super important, just like the perspective of your single friends is important. And yep. them tying you back down to, like, you're not married yet. 
and you still have you still need to be pouring into your relationship with the Lord just the same as I am and I think those two perspectives are very very important that was good I don't know <laughs> <laughs> so the the meaty the meaty question for today is um opinions on dating apps particularly should Christian use dating apps or dating sites mm-hmm. etc cetera, etc cetera. begin <laughs> yeah I think that's a fun question mm-hmm. and or I've just or I was just looking at some other dating apps and there's all these sorts of dating apps out there and different algorithms and th- things like that but I think in the end it's a way for um, I think both genders to like move away from they've this this fear they're fearful of ask, asking the people they really maybe do like mm-hmm. around them mm-hmm. so they turn to this like anonymous mm-hmm. more or less platform to yeah. overcome that fear wow. um That's true. but so I, I think anyone who's on a platform probably has a person in mind that they know that they would want to go on a date with but mm-hmm. they're fearful of asking that person so mm-hmm. they've moved to this platform and so my opinion is to overcome that fear ask people on dates and don't um and yeah and Another one good thing about dating apps that I okay. do like uh-huh. is that they are purposefully intentional. You know, you are mm. when you meet this person, you have an intention of dating uh, that person. Mm-hmm. Um, that it cuts out like point. the "Am I leading yeah, you on?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you are in a dating app. Um, so maybe yeah. if we can take that idea of a dating app into a, our normal lives. If we can create like a yeah. hybrid. Mm. Wow. An idea. I like that. Yeah, having that mindset, but maybe not the execution method. Yeah. 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 That is the intentionality really cool. without the convenience. Uh huh. Uh huh. Slogan that. Yeah. And actually, actually furthermore, <laughs> furthermore, it, it also highlights the fact that the uh, first date is not like super, as the super big deal. Because if you're on a dating app, you're, obviously you don't know anything about that person. Exactly. Right. So the first date is also just. Mm-hmm. Getting to know them as a friend, like, hey, is like something you're cool? Like, mm-hmm. I want to know what your interests are. I don't want to know kind of like who you are as a person. There's like no, like no strings. Like, right. there's no expectations really at all. Whereas maybe, quote unquote, in real life, if you were to ask that person or to go on that first date with someone you know, who maybe you've been friends, then it's all, for some reason it becomes like a whole lot bigger mm-hmm. deal than maybe it actually is. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Well... Are, are we talking about Christian or, or like that's what I'm not sure about people using dating apps what dating apps are we talking about because there's a lot out there, there oh yeah well yeah. okay do let's clarify let's clarify <laughs> should Christians be on anything that's not Christian mingle <laughs> I think you can I think that's yeah. up to your discretion but I think something that you need to be aware of is usually when you're on a dating app you're single and when you're single I've been I was single for a long time and I remember the desire to be in a relationship is so strong that mm. I think a dating app makes it easy to settle. Because you might not find the person that you exactly want, yeah. but you are you have this desire, you're lonely, and it's easy to meet up with this person. Yeah. And so, and no one has to know. No one has to see your messages. There's no accountability there. And it can be easy to settle for someone who maybe doesn't fit what mm. you had originally wanted, but you don't want to walk away from this without someone, so you're going to give it a try anyway. And that's when you, your boundaries start to, to, to slide around yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
snaps to that. Wow. That was, <laughs> but I think for anyone who's using a dating app, we're not here to condemn dating apps. I think no. they inherently aren't bad, but know what their purpose is and know mm-hmm. what your purpose is and mm-hmm. what you're looking for mm-hmm. um, and go about using them in the, the right manner. Yeah. Be yeah. clear. Whenever you communicate with someone on the dating app, be cl- like maybe like have a list of questions that you ask from the get-go that slash that person that sounds terrible but like ask some, you know what i mean like ask some questions that are really important to you and like use that as a way to hold yourself accountable yeah know know your own intentions yeah like, what do you what do you want from it and are you mm-hmm. even approaching that kind of technology with i guess a biblical mindset mm-hmm. because in the end of the day it's just how are you uh viewing this other person who's just really another person it's just a different platform i suppose mm-hmm Okay, well, in that case, I want to I want to scoop back actually, thirty minutes ago when we're talking about um, Ryan used the phraseology dating to date, and I really like that. Uh, but what are some differences between dating to date and dating? Actually, dating. Does that make sense? Yeah. Ryan, you coined it, so yeah, Ryan. you better have you better have an answer. <laughs> um, so I think this is a, another blurry stage where. We can go on like five or six dates and then still not be dating. Um, I don't really know what my my view is on this yet. Mm. I I thought about this leading up to this and I was just like, we should just, people just fear, again, this this fear of like putting a a label on the relationship. Mm. And I think it, it, it is a valid fear at times because once you do put that label, emotions do start to get wrapped up in the relationship which might have not existed before. Um, But, yeah, I I don't think we should feel like we need to prolong that dating-to-date period. Um, I I think there's there's some middle ground where we need to -to date-to-date, but not... If we just continue dating-to-date, then we move into that leading-on phase. Mm -hmm. Huge. No, I mean I agree. I I think we we did we talk about it last week? I don't think so. Well, we I know all three of us go to College Collective, right? And we've probably heard of um, like the dating talk that Kyle gave us a few years ago. That is pretty similar to what we're talking about. Is um, you know you go on dates, uh, go on friend dates, and then um, if that continues and it works out, um, and you're both. Uh, willing then I guess it goes into dating dates and then it's basically a a sequence of dates that eventually um, has the the end goal of marrying someone Um, and that date we shouldn't or we shouldn't like I guess I don't know put this high standard of like you know um, you're going on a date so like you associate a lot of things with it but instead a date is just um I think as Kyle said it, um, a discrete event with a short invite list. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it really can mean like just like going out as friends. Um, I go with I go on friend dates. I would say um, with some friends, but I, I hope I'm not, you know, um, leading them on. That yeah. Sense, yeah. Mm-hmm. And but I think it's it's very important to go on those friend dates because a lot of times you don't know the person. Um, I guess deep enough to know if you like them. At least for me, I, I don't know if I like them yet, unless I have those um, 
conversations one on one, which I'm not able to do in like a, a big social setting. Yeah. Um, so are we talking about the difference between dating today and dating with the purpose of marriage, or what are we? What is dating today? I guess dating today is like the friend dates before dating. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. So it's okay. Just, yeah, it's yeah, just, yeah. Uh, that blurry time before. One. Yeah. That blurry time before. Okay. I think it needs to be a little short, not too long, because you're setting up a pattern of not not being clear about what you want. First of all, not communicating your feelings concretely to a person, which is very important in a marriage and just friendships and relationships in life. Um, But like I shared that it was important for me to like obviously have that time period of going on dates with this person and just getting to know them and asking them questions. And, you know, do I even like this person? And I think that's important. But yeah, I think it should be short i think you should make up your mind you should be able to make decisions and yeah Mm. great um second fun question high school relationships yay or nay (laughs) i say nay but i think i think it was very valuable for me to be single in high school um Mm. i think Mm. it matured my faith so much and I watched a lot of my friends focus on relationships with guys that came and went and were mm. never really there for good. And yeah. I think a lot of that time they had to heal from broken hearts and, you know, someone hurting them. And when they could have been spending yeah. a lot more time with the Lord and with friends and with community and growing in that way. Because I think that prepares you a lot for future relationships. But there's always exceptions. There are always exceptions. But I will say, and I've thought about this a lot too, just because there are exceptions doesn't mean it's a, there shouldn't be a general rule. Yeah. Yeah. I think it goes for a lot of things too. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. for a general rule, maybe you should consider it, but there will be exceptions. Um, but I think as a general rule, I don't see, from my personal experience, how someone two people in high school could have a level of maturity that with the right mindset yeah, to like properly pursue that relationship. Well, just to play de- devil's advocate, I do think that there's also value along with being single. I do think there's also value in learning how to just get along with someone of the opposite sex. Mm-hmm. Men and women communicate so differently and just even getting into your first conflict with your high school boyfriend or anything like that can really teach you a lot mm. about that. Um, not that that needs to happen in high school, but <laughs> just playing devil's advocate here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I think it's difficult for a, let's say, ninth or 10th grader to move into a relationship <laughs> with the intention of marriage. Yeah. Um, so I think from that end, they're probably going about this relationship with different purposes in mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so from that end, but I do agree that relationships te- you'll teach you a lot about how the opposite sex works and functions Operates. and how to interact with them, mm-hmm. which I think is valuable. But yeah, then again, I don't think you might, you can learn that later on in life. But, yeah. True. So ultimately maybe it's a no, but there are high school sweet, sweetheart stories that exist. Yeah. But and I think it's going to happen regardless yeah, of yeah. what we think. So how do we help prepare mm-hmm. the younger generation when it does? And how do we impart wisdom to them and kind of rally around them, I guess, as they participate in relationships? Because it just happens. People get crushes. People date. It's yeah, a high yeah. school thing. Yeah. Let's talk about how we um, 
over over romanticized relationships and what do we do with friends who have gone through like breakups like pretty bad breakups especially those who have like we mentioned dated for a long time maybe have crossed boundaries that they shouldn't have crossed but as a practical thing as friends and community who's there for them what are some things that we can do well there's a grieving process after someone Mm -hmm. breaks up for sure and i think part of empathy and part of being friends with someone is sitting with them in that little time period and just letting them feel um letting them be sad and mourn the loss of not only a relationship but a piece of themselves because if you're pushing past boundaries with someone you are losing a piece of yourself when you lose them and just being aware of how hard that is but then i think after that um i mean what's the question what do we do with yeah i don't know what the question is no just like yeah how can we be there for them how can we support them in that like what are some truths that we can use even maybe if we're the person who's going through that breakup oh, okay to help get over that too. yeah some truths well ryan can help me with this one <laughs> <laughs> but one truth is what i was talking about earlier mm. is remembering that all the things that a person can't give you god can and mm. reinforcing that idea over and over and over again and scripture tells mm. us that um it's mm. very clear that we're not supposed to like humans can't give us the kind of love that God can give us. And so losing that love isn't threatening to our life mm-hmm. in any way because ultimately God's love is mm-hmm. the most important. Well said. And one thing that we were just learning yesterday through a, a Sam Alberry sermon was one thing that he said was to be quick to listen and slow to speak. Um, and I think during these times, and when somebody goes through a breakup, that's especially important. Yeah. Um, don't feel like you have to impart wisdom on them. Um, but even if you're just there with them, um, if they want to just vent to you or um, be a person to talk with what they're thinking through, um, I think the the biggest thing they need is really just to work through this mentally, what they're going through. And as an individual, it's tough to have it all jumbled up in your brain. Um, so be that person for them to to speak to and i think jordan's point of just like pointing them back to the lord is mm-hmm. is really important mm. um last question and i think it's a pretty important one but what is so we talked about the purpose of a dating relationship for marriage but what is the purpose of marriage what it's a loaded question. It is a loaded question. But if we're going, if you're going to be in that dating relationship and know when you want to be married to that person, how do we make sure that we're on track for that stage for the rest of our our lives? Right? How do you guys view uh, a marriage relationship in that way? Well, marriage represents like a covenant mm-hmm. between the Lord and His people, and I think it ultimately is it does bring glory to Him. Um, it's supposed to look a lot different than dating. It's supposed to be very set apart and holy and beautiful. And I'm not sure how to expand on that because it's kind of an abstract idea uh-huh. that God gives us in scripture. The fact that, you know, we are the bride and he is the groom. And it's something that we sometimes can't wrap our minds around. The intimacy and like the love that God wants with us mm-hmm. is what marriage ultimately represents. Um and that's why we even have intimacy with yeah. one another is to represent this grand intimacy, this romance that the Lord has for his people. 
Agreed. That would yeah. be well said. <laughs> well, well said. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't have much to add. I think the purpose of yeah marriage is to ultimately glorify the Lord. Um, and but there's that, practical reasons too. Yeah. And Tax. Hmm? Tax savings. <laughs> Tax savings. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Multiplying. <laughs> and... Um, and then within the relationship to point each other closer to the Lord. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, ultimately the Bible says we become one flesh when we're, mm-hmm. w- when we're married. Um, yep. So this person um, needs you to, to point them to the Lord just as much as you need them to point them to the, you to the Lord. We're <laughs> 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 a jumble. And so, yeah, I, I agree with Jordan's points. I think it's a very abstract concept. But ultimately, we get married to yeah. glorify the Lord. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, God gave Adam a helper, mm-hmm. Eve. So he created men and women to work together really yes. well. Yeah. And I mean, if we look at Paul, Paul, I think somewhere in scripture says that maybe it's better to be single for some people. So not everyone is called mm-hmm. to marriage. Mm-hmm. But I think men and women are created in such a way that working, they can work together and they can do a lot of good for God's kingdom. And it's actually really cool to see the ways that men and women are different. And I think we think about it in a negative way when we could really celebrate it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like how can they encourage one another, serve together yeah. through that? And, and others. Yeah. And just mm-hmm. be completely vulnerable. I don't think there's... No, I don't think there's really any other relationship where you can be truly, truly 100% vulnerable with anyone else. I came, like, um, I'm vulnerable with different parts of myself with different people. Mm-hmm. So, like, with my brother, I'll maybe share some things. But then with my friends, I'll share something else. But I think when you're in that marriage relationship, then everything is in the open. And you're kind of, like, fully invested in that person. That person's fully invested themselves into you, too. Mm-hmm. Great. So, any final overall thoughts? No, I think Anything so. I think we covered say? it all, guys. Yeah. <laughs> we did a lot. We went through a lot. Okay. In that case, why don't y'all help us wrap up, and then we'll get out of here. Okay, guys. So, thanks so much for listening. Um, make sure to follow the Seven Percent Podcast on Instagram at the underscore. The number 7%. Yeah, and give us some feedback. DM us to be featured on the 7%. And also send messages with topics and comments and thoughts on what you want to hear. And stay tuned for the rest of the dating season. We've got one left. (laughs) One left. We've got one left next week. All right, so thank you, Ryan and Jordan, again for joining us. Thank you for taking time out of your day. And we will see you all next time. Yep. Hey. Peace. See ya. Thanks for having us.